Hey, welcome back. And thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode. This is Amy Stevens, your host, and you're listening to the Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast, the show that gets you ready for your day, whether it's being at your desk or just trying to deal with people. If you're an introvert like me and love a quick message before heading into the office, I have a great lineup for you each week. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amy Stevens of Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast. I have the joy and honor to be here today with Carrie Paglarini, who is a certified holistic health coach, speaker, and the creator of The Sugar Knockout, a series of programs that empowers women to reclaim control over their health without restricting their diet, counting calories, or avoiding social situations. How many of you were like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. How many times have you had to say no to going out with a girlfriend of lunch because you can't eat anything on the menu? Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, so where in the world are you located? I am in sunny Florida. And yes, it's still sunny. <laughs> That's fantastic. So at the time of this recording, this is uh, November 30th. And we both of us being in the South, <laughs> we both get to enjoy sunshine a lot more. And it's fantastic. So Carrie, let's just dive in. First of all, can't tell you how many times that I have been out with girlfriends who who have brought their own food <laughs> to a restaurant oh. because they couldn't eat gluten. They couldn't have a salad dressing. I've had uh, one of my mentors in particular, she actually had some issues with the place that a retreat center that I hosted her and they had oh. so much sugar in the salad dressing. And I kept saying, you guys are stop this. <laughs> yeah. But there are so many health situations that are going on. And if you don't fully understand or know about it, it's really difficult to pinpoint. So let's just dive right in. Talk to me. Absolutely. And it's great that now a lot of restaurants do and are aware of gluten and there's a lot of gluten-free options. So that's really come a long way, which is really lovely because, you know, people do feel restricted and it really stinks. Like, you know, you can eat all the healthy food in the world, but if there's no socialization and you can't go out with friends, what's the point? What I really like to teach my ladies, I mostly work with women, but I work with some men too. What I really, really like to teach my clients is how to combine food and how to balance blood sugar by eating properly. So usually what I talk about is protein, healthy fats, and fiber. If all of your meals included that, you could have a little something sweet at the end and you wouldn't feel guilty and your blood sugar would not be all over the place. And it really, you wouldn't have more cravings because when our blood sugar is all over the place, then we crave more sugar. So, I mean, I did this for a really long time. I was on the sugar roller coaster. I would eat just like a carb meal, even if it was just like lettuce, there was like no protein, hardly any fat, like, and then you're hungry soon. And then you crash quickly. And then guess what? You want sweets. I also lived on a lot of sweets. So jelly beans and all that good stuff. <laughs> I know I'm like, I shouldn't admit it, but I tell my people, I'm like, I've been right there with you. Like still to this day, like walk through the candy aisle. I'm like, oh man, that looks so good. <laughs> so was the candy aisle your friend in your teens and elementary school all throughout your life or kind of give me a time frame? 
Yeah. So in elementary school, like, absolutely. I also was one of the only kids in elementary school that had migraines, like legit migraines. They tested my eyes. They were convinced that there was something where I didn't need glasses. So they were like, oh, well, she just gets headaches. Like, I don't think anyone understood that I was actually getting migraines until my teens. They understood that. Still kept eating the sugar, still didn't make the connection. So in my mid twenties, I had really bad migraines. I was sick all the time, like always taking antibiotics, like just on, on antibiotics all the time. And now we know how terrible that really can be for you, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. And then I was having a lot of hormonal issues, specifically ovarian cysts. And then I had to go into the hospital because one had wrapped around my fallopian tube and they had to remove it. Yeah. So huge wake up call. I'm like, what? Like this was in my early twenties. I had no idea what was going on. They're like, oh, we'll just, you know, put you on the pill. We'll just all this other jazz. Well, when I started really looking into my diet and lifestyle and researching and some advice from friends. And I started working with a health coach. I saw that all the sugar that I was eating, cause I was eating a ton of it, caffeine, sugar, like all of it, barely eating, like I said, protein, not really eating many green leafy greens. So I was eating, you know, not really great lettuce salads. When I started figuring all that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything that I've been doing, the sugar has been wreaking havoc on my gut, which has been causing hormonal issues, which is causing, you know, migrate, like all of it was connected back to sugar, which was completely mind blowing because I've eaten sugar my entire life. That was always my comfort, my happy zone. I ate sugar for every reason, happy, sad, stressed, like sugar. You just eat sugar all the time. So when you had your awareness about uh, the surgery with the cyst and everything, so you said you were in your twenties. Yes. Yep. Mid twenties. Wow. So that's like a huge kind of smack in the face when we start thinking about that in our twenties and then what's the future going to hold and that kind of thing too. But chat with me a little bit in regards to kind of being in that exact moment and mm. understanding what's the next step. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. Cause you know, in your 20, I was like, I was sitting here like, and they write the whole thing out for you. This is what happens. Like you have a cyst, you go on birth control, all these things, like they start happening. No one was making any connection to diet for me. So I really had to make that connection on my own. Yeah. I was like, if this is what's happening now in my twenties, where am I going to be in 20, 30 years? Like, I don't want to live this life, but I also felt completely lost at the same time because I had eaten sugar my entire life. I had eaten this way my entire life. I was one of those people. I was like, oh, you're so skinny. You can eat whatever you want. Nope. Listen, you cannot eat whatever you want. Everybody I'm here to tell you, you need to actually make sure your body is getting the nutrients that it needs. But it was just a serendipitous moment. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I started kind of doing a little bit of research. I had lunch with a friend who told me about a book called the body ecology diet, which was all about overeating sugar, uh, candida overgrowth, like all the things that I had. That was when I was like, oh, this is it. So now what do I do? So for three months after that, I went on a super strict anti-candida diet. I didn't eat grains. I didn't eat a piece of fruit. I didn't have dairy. I didn't have cap. Like I went strictly like only protein and veggies for three months, like solid. It was a struggle at then because it was so different from the way I was eating. It was an absolute struggle, but I can tell you, I have not, haven't had an ovarian cyst since because I've just kind of continued on that path, keeping away from sugar. I get a migraine maybe once a year, maybe. And I can see it coming on. Like, I know the things that I'm doing to my body. And I'm like, oh, this is a migraine coming on. I got to, you know, not drinking enough water. I've been eating bad. I'm stressed. I haven't stressed. All of it coming together. So now I can avoid it where before I felt like I had zero control. Now I feel like I have all the control. 
in the world, which is so empowering, which is why I want to empower people and teach them how to do the same. Yeah. And that's something that's really interesting. So in my twenties and thirties, I used to get migraines all the time. And like you, we were kind of going through the, well, what is this hormonal? Is this sharp cheddar cheese? Is this chocolate? What what Mm -hmm. is this? And it was such an interesting dynamic to observe. And what's interesting now, because that's when I lived in the Midwest, but where I live now in Arizona, the dryness, and then when we get high barometric pressure. So I can always feel a barometric Mm. pressure headache getting ready to happen. And then in my head, I still revert back to that conversation. Okay, is it chocolate? Is it sharp cheddar cheese. And then I pull up the weather app on my phone and I'm like, no, it's barometric pressure. So it's interesting how climate kind of have a deal with your headaches as well, but definitely how the sugar is Uh like, it's there. It is there. And it's in everything. That's the other thing that is so crazy to me. If you're not reading labels, like just take that extra 10 seconds and see how long that list is and the, and the yeah. back of whatever. And if you can't grow it or if it doesn't come from a tree or the ground, then, you know, maybe, maybe pause and, and reevaluate what you're putting in your body. So chat with us real quick about candida, because this has not been a topic that we've really honed in on. And I do want to bring this up because I think that there's a lot of women in particular. It, does candida go to men as well or just women? Yeah, anyone can be affected. I feel like the symptoms show up more in women. So candida is a systemic yeast overgrowth. So yes, it can show up as yeast infections. Yes, it can. There's so many ways it can show up, but mostly it's not yeast infections. It's hormonal issues. It's migraine. It's bloating. It's I mean, some ugly things like itchy anus and other things like that, like stuff that we don't necessarily, you know, we think that there are all these other things. Yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, chew on that one. That's an interesting one. So it is a systemic overgrowth and it all leads back to the gut and sugar. Basically the bad bacteria in our gut can feed off of sugar and multiply sugar. It loves sugar. So anything that breaks down into sugar, I mean, even if you're eating a ton of gluten-free grains, if you're eating too much of that, that can really wreak havoc. It just needs to be a balance of what you're eating. A balance is what really happens, but yeah, candida overgrowth and people have studied it for years. It's intense, but the great news is there are so many things that you can do for it. Cutting out sugar is a huge one. Cause like I said, it just feeds the candida. So it can be reversed. Absolutely. I am living proof, girl, that it can be done. And it's so empowering when it does, because you're like, well, I've got control over that. I know how to change that in my body if I feel that coming on. So do you also get into like probiotics with your clients or is that off limits? Nope, absolutely. We definitely talk about probiotics, which is a huge piece, which is the good bacteria that we want to repopulate our gut with. And yes, people take probiotics, but there's also food that you can take that helps that for sure. Like fermented vegetables, like think of kimchi, sauerkraut. I actually make my own and I teach my folks how to make that. I know, right? You knew that was coming. I actually make my own, but having a little bit of that. So part of this anti-candida diet was having fermented veggies with each meal so that you're making sure to repopulate your gut. But absolutely, probiotics are really important, but so are prebiotics. 
So prebiotics are really fiber rich foods. They are the food for our good bacteria. So our body doesn't really digest it. It just kind of gets broken down and pushed through, but it feeds the good bacteria in our gut. So we're ha- take the probiotics to repopulate the good bacteria, but then we need to give the good bacteria something to eat, which is the prebiotics, which some people have never heard of before. <laughs> I have heard of it. Now, this is a very interesting philosophy. So understanding that it's not just one or the other, you actually need both. Yep, absolutely. And because, you know, probiotics are marketed to all of us. We're like, we must take a probiotic. There's no one you really talk to that isn't taking a probiotic, but they don't really understand that the prebiotic and the fiber, like we still need to be eating the foods that can keep those probiotics alive in our gut. Okay. So when you're talking about fiber, I first go to brand, but Mm -hmm. talk with me about like, what are some things fiber that can help us? Absolutely. So when I'm talking about fiber, I uh, talk about fruits and veggies are huge ones, but also some grains and some legumes. Chickpeas have a ton ton of fiber. I always make roasted chickpeas every week to just have as a little snack because they have a lot of fiber. I think they have like 12 grams per cup. So, well, we should talk about that. So women are supposed to get 30 grams of fiber per day, ideally, and men should get 40 grams per day. But leafy greens usually have a lot. Broccoli has a lot. Artichokes, believe it or not, have a lot. I know, have a lot of fiber in them. Um, Kind of right under chickpeas, avocados have a lot of fiber in them and they also have healthy fat. Like I can't, talk enough about how much I love avocados, but really like a lot of fruits and veggies when I'm talking about fiber, but you're right. Like we start thinking about like grains or something like that, but there's so many other options for fiber. Okay. So let's pause for a moment about the avocado situation. So I was (laughs) reading something recently that discussed that it's like one slice of avocado, not like half. What is the real, what is the, like the real kind of idea behind a serving? Oh, behind a serving. Hmm. I don't really count calories or worry about servings. I would tell you, I eat a whole avocado, like nobody's business. And a lot of my smoothie recipes have half an avocado in them when it's all mashed up. But again, I think it's when you're like pairing stuff, you have to have healthy fat. I think if you're pairing that with fiber and protein, everything's breaking down slower. And there's not one thing that's affecting it more than the other if that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It's in that whole pairing thing. I think a lot of people get a little nervous when they start thinking about that. I was uh, just had the visual of like the plate, the nutritional plate. And, you know, we used to use the food pyramid and now they're talking about the nutritional plate and how much of what, and what that plate should look like divided out into thirds or whatever. I'm a Midwestern girl, like meat and potatoes, bring it on. And that was, that's how I grew up. When I moved here to Arizona, it was like, Hey, I found spices. And it was like, (laughs) yeah, I had this whole new palette in my mouth that was like, Ooh, bring it on. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's awesome. So what is kind of your philosophy and thought process behind adding spice? Is that like a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's Absolutely. And I love that you said that because it's so funny when, you know, I bring a healthy dish to any kind of thing. People are like, oh God, what she brought. I'm like, why don't you taste it first and try it? Like healthy food can be really delicious and spices are your best friend. And actually salt is too. I mean, especially the pink Himalayan sea salt, people are so fearful of salt, but add salt. I mean, don't go crazy. 
but salt really brings out the flavor of your food and of the other spices. So I always give my folks a huge list of spices, but I don't really think there's any spice that's off the menu, unless it's one of those weird pre-mixed ones that has a lot of sugar in it. Got to read your labels on the spices with the pre-mix too, because there's some sugar in there. Yeah. And making your own spice mix. I actually have a bunch of recipes that are up that I found on social media that explained like how to make a fajita spice mix. And so I have the old jars of spices that I've used up and then I've created my own and put my own little label on the outside and you just use each one and create and you have the control over Mm -hmm. how much extra salt is in it and that kind of thing. Speaking of salt, I have a question for you. Do you dive in at all to thyroid stuff? It's not what I specialize in, but any kind of thyroid issues, I feel like get helped by eating healthier and cutting out sugar and gluten. Yeah, gluten as well. So the iodide salt, the good old Morton's, they're saying that you need the iodine in your system to support the thyroid. So do you use both types of salt or do you just, do you personally just use Himalayan? I use both depending. I prefer the Himalayan, but sometimes I do use both, but we can get iodine and other things like sea vegetables and, you know, the dual flakes and some other things like that, which I know when people hear, they're like, oh no, what? I actually love like the little kid packs of seaweed. Yeah. I think they're good too, but people are scared. (laughs) And I had, I had to actually pause, but I love sushi, which is weird for the desert, but I do love sushi. (laughs) But from the standpoint of like a quick snack and it's, I don't know, it's also a texture thing, like putting one of those sheets on my tongue and just kind of letting it dissolve is kind of fun. Yeah. And they're healthy for you. I mean, I don't know if you guys, if I'm going to age myself right now, but do you remember the breath strips? That they were, yeah. So like, it kind of reminds me of that, except those, yep, I had, listen, I did it all, okay? Until my body was like, you can't do any of it anymore. But how I was, and I used to make the joke, like, how lazy are we? We're just like putting things on our tongue to like dissolve. But so I like that. It's it's a way healthy version of that. Yeah, and they're easy to carry with you if you're out on the road or whatever, and you need a quick snack, then there you go. It's a great, great deal. Now, I personally have never heard of the book, Body Ecology Diet, and I think that's a good starting point because a lot of the Candida books that I personally have in my library are really, really old. Is this an older book? Like I want to say published in like the sixties or seventies. Oh yeah. No, this one, she, cause that's right. Candida has been around forever. It's just now like people starting to pay attention to it. I would say it's been written at least in the two thousands, but she updates it every couple of years. And she has a great website with lots of recipes. Like to me, she is the woman to go to if you really want to learn more about Candida and she just really breaks it down. I mean, how even caffeine affects your blood sugar, which then affect candida and all that other stuff. And you're like, oh man, is there anything I can eat? Yes, I can show you how. <laughs> so chat with me a little bit as well in regards to your background, your business background. Oh, sure. So after I had mentioned what happened with me personally, and I started working with a health coach, and I was like, wow, this is like really cool. Like I really want to do this. So I, because of the hormonal issues, I partnered with somebody. Well, First of all, I was like, I need to go to school. Where do I go to school? So my coach had gone to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. 
So it's a two-year program. So I did that with them. And then you take a test to be certified with the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. And then I met someone at school and we wanted to help women with hormonal issues. So we started coaching women with hormonal issues, but I was really drawn to the women who had sugar addiction. Like that was what really spoke to me because I feel like that's what you can have so much control over what you're eating. That's why a lot of people come to me, control over what they're eating and how to cut out the sugar in a healthy way, yet still enjoy something sweet because life is really short without chocolate. That's all I got to say about that. So I started this business on my own. At first it was called something else. And then I had my son and I took a little bit of a break. So I am back now. I launched Empower Wellness Coaching three years ago. It's all done via Zoom and online. And it's just been really great. I have group coaching. I also do some some one-on-one clients as well. The group coaching is really fun. So people can learn from each other. I think it's really nice, especially with sugar addiction or anything that you feel like is an addiction, that there are other people out there just like you struggling, just like you right there in the journey. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing to understand that not having to do it alone, like Mm -hmm. that is one of truly the biggest things to understand audience, because you may be observing some symptoms. You've already talked about some, what are some other symptoms that people may not put that together with sugar. With the sugar? Well, I know I mentioned migraines or any kind of, even if you don't have migraines, like, are you getting headaches? You know, just frequent headaches. There's something else going on there. It could be that, like gas and bloating, or if you're having some hormonal issues for sure, you know, and like, and hormonal issues are kind of all over the place, right? You know, it could be you're having terrible PMS. It could be you're having really painful periods. So in regards to even some other symptoms besides the migraine, what are some things that people may not put with sugar addiction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's, it's crazy, right? Um, so, uh, you can also have sinus infections, uh, ear pressure, anything to do with low immunity, like Yeah. If you're getting sick all the time, you definitely want to look into that. So when we're talking about sinus infections, I would be on antibiotics for sinus infections. Like as soon as the cold weather started just for months, because it was just something I could not kick. And you're like, why not? Oh, it's because I'm eating sugar and my immunity is so low. So that's something to look at for sure. Well, and I also think kind of going back to my Midwestern roots here for a moment, but I often felt that in the winter months, like as soon as it started getting cooler, I was more inclined to kind of dive into some of the sugary comforty kind of desserts, like that kind of comfort Mm -hmm. dessert. But what's interesting for me here in the Southwest in Arizona, the difference of when I want more chocolate And I think as I've gotten older, it actually isn't seasonal. (laughs) Seasonal. (laughs) It's more hormonal. And I'm just like, oh my gracious. So does it like really start to rear its ugly head more with, oh, it's the M word menopause. Do you feel that that has anything different to do with it as well? Or you mean craving wise? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of like the PMS stuff and the chocolate, like that's very real. Chocolate has magnesium in it and our bodies are usually low in magnesium, but right before, you know, we start menstruating, we're usually low in magnesium. And so our body is craving chocolate. So that's like 
a real thing. Also in Chinese medicine, they talk about, you know, expansive and contractive. So like your body's like stressed out, you're getting, you're getting ready to start your period and chocolate and sweets are very opening to the body. So like stress or just internal stress, we are automatically craving that. Or just, you know, you're PMSing, you're in a bad mood and you're like, I just want chocolate because it feels good, like stress wise. And for sure. And then when you're in menopause, that's like a whole nother conversation. But yeah, we start craving these things when our body is stressed to help open up. So that's the whole emotional part to the sugar. When we're stressed, we crave sugar. It is just amazing. All of these tiebacks to how even manufacturers drop in so much sugar without putting that warning label. (laughs) Imagine if there were warning labels on your food, (laughs) but you know, technically there are, if you just turn the the container around, you can read that, but it's uh, understanding what's going to be a healthier concept for you instead and making that change. Fantastic. Well, Carrie, tell the audience your website once again. Awesome. Yes. It is empower-wellnesscoaching.com. Is there any social media that you're predominant on? Absolutely. Yeah. I am mostly hanging out on Instagram these days. So I'd love for you guys to find me there too. It's just empower wellness coaching, all one word. You can find me there, my silly little videos, but I do post a lot of recipes there as well. So it's worth following me for the recipes alone. That's great. And then I understand that you have a sugar quiz. Is that right? Yes, I do. So I created this quiz because a lot of women were coming to my site. Like, well, I don't know if I'm addicted to sugar. Like addicted is such a strong word. Do I want to say that I'm addicted? So I created this quiz. So you can see just on what level of addiction are you? Is it sugar just kind of a small part of your life or is it a bigger part of your life that you didn't realize it was and you're ready to tackle that? Okay. So I'll have in the show notes, the link to the quiz. I'm not seeing it on your website right now, but I will definitely post that sugar quiz within the show notes. So you can go out there audience and take that quiz and understand if there are some things, you know, mentally, yes, you may be going, yes, I am addicted to sugar. (laughs) You know this, but there may be some other things that you can kind of hone in on that will give you a bit of different direction. Carrie, this has been really fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day and sharing with us the sugar knockout coach and power wellness. So audience, if you need to contact Carrie, please do reach out to her through her website or through Instagram and uh, enjoy that quiz as well. Carrie, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Many of my clients have told me throughout my 24 years of teaching yoga that my voice helps to put them to sleep. It's not something that I take offense to. It's actually giving me great pleasure all these decades to be able to create calmness for my clients. If you're having a hard time and need to find peace within, I have a meditation that is solely for you, your opportunity to enjoy peace. You can go to my website, yogaamy.net and look for the icon talking about calming your nervous system to be able to create that balance 
for your mind and body and become more connected to your soul. Enjoy. You've reached the end of another episode of the Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter to receive any free materials I have. Head on over to my website at amystevens.net or take a look at the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed what you heard today and past episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes to be updated on the weekly podcast. And I'd love to have you rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you and see you at the next episode.